Thanks, Darren, for setting expectations so high for my sermon. Here, I appreciate that. We should have high expectations when we come together. High expectations of God, not of me, of God, right? I've heard it said, uh, the problem is uh, not that we ask too much of God, but we ask too little of God. God wants to be experienced this morning. God wants to talk with you. God wants to impact your life, I have no doubt. So I hope you expect that. And you have hearts and minds to receive the work of God in your life today. So my name's Rusty. <laughs> I'm one of your pastors, yes. Oh, welcome here. Welcome back. It just feels so good, I know, for me just to hear your voices wrapped around me this morning just really ministered to my heart, and I hope you felt yourself lifted up by this worship we can engage in together of our awesome God. Uh, it's just so good to see you and to uh, speak, to see most of your face. I can hear, hopefully it's a few weeks we can take off the mask, because right now I can't tell if you like the sermon, if you don't like the sermon. There's so much that's hidden underneath that mask that I'm wondering about, but uh, it's good to see, to see you here. And uh, for those of you who might be new or here for the first time in a long time, special welcome to you. I know that... Um, uh, Sarah Seward, up until recently our lovely office administrator, has her parents with her from Ontario. It's been, she just told me before the service, it's been two years since she saw her parents. And uh, she's probably loving that I'm drawing attention to her back there. But uh, uh, the Masu family, we're so glad that you're here and that you could connect with your grandkids again. What a good thing. My in-laws were here last weekend. Short but sweet, two days from the States. Boy, it was such a good Time to reconnect, and later this week, I'm heading out to Alberta for a little over two weeks. I haven't seen my family in a year, and so excited to reconnect with my family just to get away and do some fun things again, because what a year it's been. Just reflecting, uh, I was telling someone earlier today that in the last year, the most exciting place I've been is Winkler. (laughs) Now, you know you've had a rough year when the most exciting place you've been in 12 months is Winkler. So uh, we're excited to get to Alberta and, uh, and see some family, have some reunions, because, yeah, it's been a hard year. And you felt that. I had a guy this week come into uh, to the office, and he said, Pastor, I'm just really struggling. Dealing with chronic pain was weighing him down, but uh, just taking on the burdens of the world. I don't know about you, just looking at the world around you, whether it's kind of in your own setting our own province, or or watching the news about what's happening in the world, and just seeing unrest everywhere, unrest. And I don't know about you, but uh, for him, that just kind of been seeping into his soul, and that external unrest was becoming internal unrest. And he said, I'm just lacking peace. I need peace. So I wonder if you can relate to that this morning in some way. Do you like peace? You know, I, I wonder if you might be the sort of person that wakes up and, and maybe you go to the, the washroom and you f- look at your reflection in the mirror and um, you just get this niggling suspicion that that person that's looking back to you in the mirror is wholly inadequate. Just kind of falls short of all that they should be, all they want to be. Maybe he's a failure. I wonder then if, if you're the sort that might go and check the news as I have a habit of doing, and you're reminded of all the terrible things that are happening in the world, and everything is just so negative, it just feels like the world's falling apart. 
And then maybe you check your Facebook or your Instagram, only to find a lot of negative words, division, accusations, hatred, rage. And then maybe you go about your day separated from the people that you would love to be with and you can't be with and maybe you haven't seen in a long time and you just feel isolated from community. Maybe you're one of those farmers that looks up to the sky and wonders when in the world it's going to rain. Portie says, you feeling that? Got to feed those cows somehow. When is it going to rain? And all of these things can just work to steal from us peace. A peace that really seems to be in such short supply in our world, but a peace that really is available to everybody. That's what we want to talk about this morning is the peace that God has for us that He offers to every one of us as we go through this series we began a couple weeks ago through the fruit of the Spirit. Paul, in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, he shares with us the fruit of the Spirit. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So over the summer, we're going through one by one and looking at these fruit that God works in the life of those who belong to Him. And really the big point through this message when it was in uh, this series introduced a couple weeks ago is that the Christian life is not primarily marked by getting really smart and knowing a bunch of th- true things. It's not primarily about knowledge accumulation or about behavior modification. It's really about character transformation. It's about life change that begins on the inside and moves its way out. The Christian life, it's not primarily about what you know or what you do. It's about who you are and who God is making you to be. And so when we introduced the fruit of the Spirit a couple weeks ago, it's probably good just to be reminded that this fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, is it. It's not fruit that we are called to grow in our life. We are called to cooperate with God, to cultivate our life, to prepare ourselves for growth, but that this is the fruit that God's Spirit works in the life of those who belong to Him. This is the work of God in us. Be reminded of that. So you don't grow overly discouraged and say, man, I don't see that in my life and I don't think I can muster that. This is the work of God in our lives, all who belong to Him through Jesus. And this fruit, it's, it's not fruits, it's a singular word. These are not nine different fruits, and maybe God might give us most of them, five out of nine. No, this is one fruit with nine different characteristics, just like an apple might be red and round and white on the inside and fleshy and a certain size. So this one fruit, this change that God works in us, has these nine different characteristics. They're kind of a package deal, all of them, We'll be growing in the life of a Christian as we allow God to work in us. And one of those nine things God works in us is peace. What is peace anyway? We talk about peace as peace between nations. So when you're not like at war killing one another, then you're at peace. And a parent might say, if I could just get some peace and quiet... Which means if I could just have a lack of activity, a lack of commotion, some stillness, some peace, that would be nice. What is peace? We all want it, but what is it? I mean, it was a really important word to Paul and those first Christians, especially those Jewish background Christians, because that word here in the Greek that we have in our 
New Testament. Irene was a translation of the Hebrew word that those Jewish people knew well, the Hebrew word shalom. Have you heard of the word shalom? Even today, it's still the greeting that Jews will give to one another when they come and go shalom, peace. What does that mean, shalom? Well, it has this sense of being well. When you say shalom, you may, may, may you be well. It speaks about complete well-being, wholeness, completion, lacking nothing, peace. It's kind of the opposite of what you might call restlessness. What is restlessness? If you have restlessness in your life, in your spirit, in your marriage, what is that? It, it, it's a sense that I'm missing something, that I'm missing something that I need. I'm not complete. I'm missing something. And so I'm not at rest. I am restless. My life is not as it should be. I'm restless. I don't know if any of you are puzzlers, but I've, I've been in quarantine a couple of times through this last year and kind of uh, passed the time with puzzling. And so people have graciously given me used puzzles. But the danger when you get a used puzzle is that you don't get every piece, right? There's always that risk. And so I, I just poured hours and hours into this beautiful, huge puzzle. And I got to the end, and there were two pieces missing. And I scoured the floor. And I could not find those pieces. And every time I looked at that big, beautiful picture, all I could see were the gaps the pieces that were not there, that were missing. I was restless. And maybe that kind of is like a picture of our lives. Are you lacking pieces? Peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Now, what is this peace? You know, Paul will talk about actually three different types of peace that are available to the Christian. And we're going to see these are kind of like, it's like a three-layered cake. Each one kind of builds on the one that comes before. There's the peace that God works for us, the peace that God works in us, and the peace that God works through us. And I just want to take a look at these in turn and then just explore how do they fit together? And that first, most fundamental peace that God gives is the peace that God works for us. It's the peace that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, when he says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Through Jesus, we have peace with God. A peace that we receive through faith, through faith in Jesus Christ. What is this peace with God that Jesus offers to us? Well, Paul will kind of ex expand on that in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 22, uh, when he'll say, for God was pleased to have all his fullness to dwell in him, that is, in Jesus, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Jesus' blood, Shed on the cross, for once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight, without blemish and free from accusation. What beautiful words. 
We have peace with God through the blood of Jesus shed on the cross. Well, how does Jesus' blood shed on the cross bring peace between you and God? Well, I mean, as he says there, we were alienated from God. He says there was a time when you were enemies in your mind. In other words, you did life your own way. You did life your own way in your own wisdom as you saw fit without regard for God. You lived a sinful life, not in harmony with God's intentions for you, His will for you. And that sin came in the way. It it broke relationship with God. It brought harmony there. And it brought all sorts of bad consequences into our life, all sorts of problems, including death, Spiritual separation from God, but because God loves us, through His Son Jesus and His death on the cross, He paid for our sin. He did everything that was necessary to win for you, to secure for you the forgiveness of God and a reconciled relationship with God, so that you could know that you have peace with God. That when he looks at you, he sees someone who is without blemish and there is no accusation. Perfect acceptance with God. Harmony. And that's not something that we have to try to secure by being good enough in our own efforts. But no, it's something that Jesus has secured for us in his goodness. And we receive that peace, that forgiveness, that reconciled relationship through faith. Alone in Jesus' work for us. In Jesus, we can know that we have peace with God if we have confessed our sins and put our trust in Him as our Lord and Savior. So now, you do not have to worry about being enough when you look into that mirror. You don't have to worry about being enough. You can know that Jesus has been enough, is enough on your behalf. That through Him... We can have peace with God. That's the gospel. Peace with God through Jesus' work on our behalf that we receive by faith in Him. So that's the first peace, the most fundamental peace, the peace that God works for us, peace with God. There's, There's a second peace that Paul talks about here that is available to us. We'll call that the peace that God works in us. This is a piece that we hear Paul talking about in the book of Philippians, chapter 4. You may be very familiar with these words. It's some of the most encouraging words, for me at least in the Bible, where Paul says, uh, Philippians 4, verse 5, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Are you anxious about something this morning? Is there something you're worried about? Is there some uncertainty that's plaguing you, that's robbing you of peace? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, here's this peace, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, Admirable? If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put them into practice and the God of peace will be with you. 
The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice to have a peace that, that, that you can experience in your heart, in your mind, in any and every situation? We might call that inner peace, peace with yourself, the peace of mind. This is the peace that God works in us. And boy, can we ever find our, our hearts and minds gripped with anxiety over many things? And my guess is there's some anxiety, maybe you're worried that's gripping you this morning. And you might be thinking, man, if that situation could just change, then I could have peace. I'd feel totally different. Like if the test results came back this way, or, or, or if that business deal kind of worked, or if my, my spouse would just do this. If my situation would just change, then I could have peace of mind. But you know, that, that, that's really shallow, fleeting peace. That isn't really peace. And you know, God offers a, a peace that is so much deeper than that. Jesus talks about it in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27, when he says this. Now, now these are kind of his final words to his disciples before he goes to the cross and leaves them, and he's trying to impart with them everything they know, need for the road ahead. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. I don't give you the sort of peace that the world gives, because there's two different types of peace, right? There's the world's peace, and then there's Jesus' peace. Or we might say, the circumstantial peace. Like, if I could just experience if certain things would be true about my circumstances in life, then I could be at peace. Then I wouldn't have to be anxious or afraid or worried. Then all would be better. That's worldly peace. That's circumstantial peace. Jesus says, I give you a better peace, a deeper peace. A spiritual peace which transcends all your circumstances. It's not related to anything that's happening in your life. This is the peace that I give you. He'll go on a few chapters later to speak of it again in John 16, 32 and 33. He'll say, A time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each of you to your own home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. For my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. For in this world you will have trouble. Don't you love that promise? You ever written that one and put that on the mirror just to be reminded every morning? The promises of God, just clinging to them. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I, Jesus says, have overcome the world. So there's two promises. You will have trouble and you will have peace. Both of those things can be true in your life. He says, for I have overcome the world, which I think is Jesus' way of saying that in, in what I am doing for you in my death and resurrection and the relationship I'm bringing you into with God, there is nothing that you can experience, nothing that can happen to you that will destroy you that will undo you, that will overwhelm you or be too much for you. Nothing. I have overcome everything that can come against you. Nothing can separate you from God's presence in your life, from His blessing. Nothing can thwart God's good plan for you. That's the peace that I give you. So, so peace is not the absence of trouble. And I think some of us 
That's the picture we have of peace, right? Like it's like the Thomas Kincaid painting. Some of you know Thomas Kincaid is, right? It's, that, it's just that beautiful pastoral picture, right? It's a little cottage set in a valley, some sheep. Everything is right with the world. Everything is calm and serene and tranquil. There's a glow, this bright glow coming from inside the house. Everything is right with the world. No trouble. But that's not reality. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace, Jesus says, is the presence of God in the midst of life's troubles. It is the confidence and rest in the perfect care and control of God. The firm belief that that your life is truly in the hands of a perfectly loving Heavenly Father. If you could have that sort of confidence... And rest in who God is, in His power, in His presence, in all of His promises to you. That would be the grounds for peace that transcends all understanding. That just wouldn't make sense to those in the world. So when Paul says back in Philippians chapter 4, when he says, When you present your request to God, when you tell Him what you need, your desires are, Always pray with thanksgiving. Always do it with thanksgiving, which isn't his way of saying, you know, like, thank him for the food and thank him for the house and that you've got the two cars and that you have a healthy body. Like, those things are all good. They're worthy to thank God for. But he's not talking about the material blessings because those things can come and they can be taken. He's talking about being thankful for that which God has given that you can never lose. To be thankful for the truth of the gospel that through Jesus, you are perfectly secure. That God is working in all things for your good, that He is with you, and He will never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever your desires are, whatever your needs are, present them, but do it thanking God for that truth. And when He says, think on lovely things and true things and pure things and things that are praiseworthy, He's not talking about escapism here, like go to that happy place in your head, go to the cottage, go to that beach in Mexico. Conjure this picture in your head of a better place. That's not what he means when he says, think on that which is true and lovely and praiseworthy. He's talking about think on the character of God and the promises of God. Think about God, that which is true of Him. Think about His promises that do not, will not fail. Fix your mind on that. And you will have peace that transcends all understanding. So there's a verse, Isaiah 26, 3, that I memorized a while back, and I recall time to time when I feel I need it, when anxiousness wells up within me, um, where, where Isaiah says to God, he says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are set on you. Would you like to have a mind at peace? You, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are set on you, Because that person trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord Himself, is the rock eternal. This this perfect peace, this is a spiritual peace that, that you can't find anywhere else, in any other person or any other situation, because there is no other rock eternal. God alone is the unshakable rock that cannot fail you. The only place of true lasting peace. And so Augustine, that um, famous figure in Christian history of many centuries ago, he famously said, My soul cannot find its rest until it finds its rest in you, O God. 
And there's many people out there that are trying to find rest in all sorts of other places, in all sorts of other ways, and it will inevitably fail. It is a well that will run dry because our soul cannot find rest, true peace, wholeness, until it finds its rest in God. For all our deepest needs, all our longings are secured in Christ. And so our, our souls, our minds, they find rest when, when we are set on and trusting in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but, but I find anxiousness, and I've had to deal with a lot of that over this last year. You know, just, just, there's lots of uncertainty, lots of unknowns, fears, right? Personal life, church life. And so, I find that my mind and heart wells up with anxiousness, normally the time I'm supposed to be going to bed and sleeping. I don't know what it is about bedtime, but I think that's when you kind of, it hits you, oh, yeah, all the things I didn't get done today. All the things I put on my list that I, I just, something happened and it didn't get done. And I feel guilty, I feel bad, I maybe feel worried about what might happen, and I never get done everything I want to get done. And I think Satan loves to come at nighttime and he likes to remind you, really, you're going to go to sleep now? Like, you're going to check out for eight hours? When there's all that stuff going on. You fool. You should, you should work harder. You should try more. So that's what I find in my own life. And so there's these verses, a little tool I use for myself. Maybe it'll be helpful for you, but this, these beautiful words in the, uh, the Psalms. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2 that kind of committed to memory. And, and I, I always bring in moments like that when I feel anxious. And uh, Psalm 127, right? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord stands watch over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise up early and stay up late anxiously toiling for food to eat, but God grants sleep to those He loves. But God grants sleep to those He loves. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, anxiously toiling for food to eat. What does he mean? When he's, he's like saying, you really think it depends on you? You really think that? Like, who do you think you are, Rusty, that this all rides on you? No. No. This all comes from God. And this is the prayer, kind of almost verbatim, of what I'll pray in that moment. I'll pray, God... You can do more for me while I'm sleeping than I can do for myself when I'm awake. I trust you with this. I'm going to give you this, and then I'll take it again in the morning. And so, I actually kind of close my eyes, and whatever that thing is, like I, I actually, okay, God, I'm putting it in your hands. You can do more for me while I'm asleep than I can do for myself when I'm awake. I'm limited. You're unlimited. So that helps me. Maybe you need to do something like that too. God, I trust you with this. I give this to you. God is trustworthy. This is the peace of God, the peace that God works in us, peace of mind that belongs to the Christian. There's a third peace he talks of. It's peace that God works through us. 
So if that first piece, the piece that God works for us is, is peace with God, and that second piece, the peace that God works in us is maybe peace with ourselves, this is peace with others, other people, the peace that God works through us. And maybe this is what Paul kind of has most specifically in mind here, because in the context of Galatians 5, he's talking about their relationships and how to, um, how to treat one another properly. And essentially what he's saying is, as followers of the ultimate peacemaker, God, Jesus Christ, God now uses us, his followers, his children, his servants, his apprentices, to be peacemakers out in the world. To bring well-being where we go into our relationships. And so you'll have this charge over and over again in, in the scriptures, like we have in Romans 14.9, when he says, make every effort to do what leads to peace. Make every effort to do in your relationships what leads to peace. We are called to work for healing and reconciliation as those who have been reconciled to God. Now, we have been entrusted with a ministry of reconciliation to go and to seek to resolve conflicts instead of adding to them and causing them. And have you ever, like, have you noticed recently that we live in a very conflicted time? Man, there's just so much division uh, around us, suspicion, accusation, Lack of harmony in relationships, in society. And we have a choice. Will we be peacemakers or peacetakers? I mean, this is a, this is a great time to be a Christian. Like they'll say that uh, light shines brightest in the darkness. You know, for us, called to be peacemakers, what an incredible opportunity we have as those who follow Jesus to be peacemakers in a world that desperately needs peace. So we are called to be those in our relationships and in the places we go to, to resolve conflicts, to reconcile instead of causing conflicts and adding to trouble. For the gospel is reconciliation, and if we love the gospel, then we love reconciliation. Peace that God works through us. That's the third piece. So these are the three pieces of the Christian life. Peace that God works for us and in us and through us. Peace with Him, peace with ourselves, and peace with others. And so coming back to that question I opened with, is, is there like, if your life is a puzzle, is there a piece missing? Are there a few pieces you feel are missing right now? Do you lack wholeness in some area of your life? Is there anxiousness, restlessness, fear? a lack of well-being in certain relationships. And this is really what I want you to know. What the Bible shows us is that peace is a progression. These, these three types of peace, they're not like playing cards you can kind of collect in any order, like I got these three. No, like peace is a progression. Each one follows the one that came before it. it it's like building three stories of a building. The one before it upgirds the next. In other words... If we have a lack of peace in relationship with others, that maybe is because we uh, have a lack of peace within us, right? That, that the problem might be internal and not external, and that's what, that's what James says, James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? 
Why do you have problems in, in, in your relationships? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Aren't they actually problems within your own heart, your own mind? You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. I don't think he's talking about actually killing, but he's talking about broken relationships. He's talking about hatred and anger and unforgiveness. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Essentially what he's saying there is you don't have peace with others because you don't have peace within you. You are trying to find through other people that peace that's missing in you. And he's saying, what I want to tell you is it doesn't work that way. If you think if those people would just give you something, that if they gave you that peace you thought belonged to you, whether it's something they've taken from you, something that they hold against you, if they would just give you the recognition, or if my spouse would just be better at doing this, then I could have peace, then I could be happy. He says, you don't understand That peace does not come from what others can give you. That peace comes from what God has given you, what God gives to you. We're to find our contentment not from others, but from God. So, that peace, that third peace with others, I mean, we only can have that peace if we have that inner peace. That comes first. So in other words, if, if you lack some, some peace in relationship, maybe that's the question you need to ask myself. Maybe that's not the thing. Maybe i got to rewind the tape a little bit. Maybe I need to go to the link in the chain that comes before and go, is there something there within my heart and mind? Is there a missing piece there? And I'm trying to fill it by demanding it or getting it here from somebody else. What is that I think I need from this other person in order to be complete? So peace is a progression if you, if you have a lack of inner peace in your mind, if you're anxious about situation, if you just find yourself restless, you know, the, the solution, Paul is saying, is not to change your situation. Work hard to change the situation, your circumstances. No, it's, it's to go back to the prior peace. Peace with God, to refocus on who we are through Christ, that peace we have with God. You know, it's interesting, all of Paul's 13 letters we have in the New Testament, and, and I knew he said the term grace and peace a lot. It was just like, I thought, that's just kind of like the way that they greeted one another back in the day, grace and peace. I knew he said it a lot. I didn't realize until I actually looked at it this week that he says it in all 13 of his letters, either at the beginning or the end of each letter. Grace and peace to you, Paul says. But you know what he never says? Anyone want to take a guess? He never says, peace and grace to you. Peace and grace. It's always grace and peace to you. And I don't think that's by accident. I think that order is, is very important. I think what Paul is saying is, Our peace flows out of God's grace. It can never come before God's grace. It is a consequence of God's grace in our life. Peace. Which is why he said back in Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. Think on God's grace expressed to you in Jesus Christ, who you are in Jesus, what He has secured for you, and your peace will flow from God's grace. 
For God's grace expressed in Jesus creates all the conditions that we need to have that peace. So it's never peace and grace to you. It's always grace and peace. So this is what you need to know, that that progression is important. You can't experience true peace that transcends all circumstances until you've experienced God's grace that He offers to you in the gospel. For a person at peace with God is a person that's at peace with themselves, and a person that's at peace with themselves is a person that's at peace with others. It's a chain reaction. A person at peace with God can be a person at peace with themselves. And a person at peace with themselves can be a person at peace with others. So we find our peace with God. That's where it all begins. It all begins with His grace. And so I just want to invite you into a moment of reflection and kind of personal prayer. And as you ponder that, that question, like, is there any anxiousness you're carrying? Is there any lack of peace in your life? Maybe you feel like you lack peace with God this morning. Maybe you've kind of been trying to do life your own way, and it just hasn't worked well for you. It hasn't actually brought about what you thought. It hasn't given you true peace. It hasn't resolved fear and anxiety. Maybe you need to find that first peace this morning and have peace with God. And if that's you, um, you know, if, if you, this morning, if you're someone that wants peace with God, you want to stop doing life your way and to get right with God and be reconciled with Him and just to kind of enter into this new relationship where this new fruit starts growing in your life, there's this prayer I'll put up on the screen. And in this moment where we all have an opportunity to reflect and pray, maybe you're someone, maybe this is a prayer that you need to pray to offer your life to God and to receive His peace, to receive His forgiveness for you, for a new relationship to be born today. And so maybe that's a peace that you need. And so in this moment, I just want to invite you into prayer. Um, Reflect, is there any lack of peace in your life? And in this time, just invite God just to come into that that part of your life and to make you whole. Just take a moment to set your mind on Him, on the gospel. And then I'll close with prayer. Father God, you are our peacemaker. 
while we were alienated from you, doing life our own way, as we saw fit, as we thought best, you loved us. And you sent your son Jesus into the world to make peace once and for all between you and us. To do everything that was necessary through the cross and through, through the resurrection to bring us to you and to bring us into a reconciled relationship with you, God, so that we could know that we belong to you. We are free of blemish. We are free of accusation. And we can live with you forever. And we thank you, God, that you have done everything that is necessary for us to have this relationship with you, this peace. And it's, it's n- not about what we have done or what we will do. It's all about what you have already done for us through your son, Jesus. It's, it's already done. And it's just a gift that we receive, this grace by faith. And so we just thank you again, Jesus, for what you have done for us, this peace you have secured, this relationship that we have. God, it just makes all the difference, God, as we go through life and as we face all the troubles that will come our way, God, and right now in this room, we're all facing a variety of troubles, whether it's fears about health, about our financial situation, relationships, marriage, uncertainty about the futures, rain, lack of rain. Maybe it's things in our heart that we can't even identify. We just feel restless. We just feel like something is missing or feeling like we just aren't or haven't been enough. God, we just lay hold again of your peace, which transcends all understanding. I just pray, God, that you would guard our minds and our hearts that when we find this anxiety, this worry coming to us, that we would set our minds on you and receive this peace in a fresh way, God. And not only live in that peace in our own life, but that you would use us to be peacemakers, to to take it to those around us and to a world that so desperately needs it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.